I very rarely do this, but today I'm speaking only to Christians, okay? I'm speaking only to Christians in the room. So if you're here today and you're saying, well, uh, what about me? And you're not a follower of Jesus yet. Listen, you and I are going to have a time after this service is over. If you want to meet Jesus today, I would love to introduce you to Jesus. I would love to let you know how much you are loved by the Father. I would love to tell you how forgiven you are. I would love to let you know that everything that you have done up to this very second, Jesus Christ died for on the cross and forgave you of it. I would love to tell you about Jesus. He is the man who changed my life radically. He is the man that I would die for. I love Jesus, and I would love to tell you about Jesus. So if that's you today, I, I'm going to be up front because we're going to be praying a lot up here at the end of this service. I'm going to be right here, find me, and say, hey, man, I'd, I'd love to know who Jesus is. I would gladly show you, tell you. But I'm speaking to Christians in this room today, only Christians, that you've said yes to Jesus, you know that you are forgiven, and you are teetering back and forth. You feel good about your relationship with Jesus sometimes and you feel bad about your relationship with Jesus at some times. You're hot one minute and in the same sentence you're cold. At some point in your day you feel really, really, really close to God and in others you feel very, very distant. Today I want to give you the answer to why that is. And you say, well, Scott, that's very arrogant. No, no, that's just how confident in the scriptures I am. Here's something that changed in my life over the last couple of years. As I have had people praying for me and that are actually praying this very second, I have learned that I can take God at his word. And I just happen to believe everything that is written in this book. And I want to tell you, if you believe and live by everything that is in this book, you are going to be considered a radical in our culture. You just are. And so I'm a radical because I now believe and I live by and I strive to be everything that this book tells me. And so for those who are just teetering back and forth, hot and cold, up and down, and you're tired of it, you're tired of living a defeated Christian life. Listen, those two words, defeated Christian, should never enter into anyone's mind. You understand that we serve a Jesus, a God that is victorious. And because he is victorious, his children will always be victorious. And so if you feel like you're sitting as a defeated child of God, today I want that to stop. And so here's where we're going. In your Bible, would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to be reading just a few verses. I'm going to start around verse 22. Paul's writing to a group of believers in a place called Ephesus. And that's important that we understand that he's writing to a group of Christians in a place called Ephesus, and here's what he writes. And here's where we're diving right into it this morning. He says to the Christians, those of you who believe in Jesus, he says, you are to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And I'm going to stop right there. You see, what has taken place in so many of our lives is that we as Christ followers, Christians who have accepted what Jesus did on the cross 
We, we grasp a hold of it, but then we put it down. We put it down. We take the power of God and the cross and we, we set it aside because for some reason we think that we've got this thing under control. And we go back to living our life as we did in our former life. You see, for some of us in this room who are hot and cold, we're on and then we're off. We feel close to Jesus and then we feel distant. We feel good about our relationship and then we feel terrible. We feel victorious and then we feel defeated. Listen, that's not the way God designed this new life that we'll talk about. He never designed it for it to be a seesaw kind of thing. Can I tell you what can change our culture in a matter of weeks or months, not years? Is a lot of us Christians just understanding how confident in Jesus we should be. That'll change this little culture that we live in. But what happens is we, we receive the word and we receive the understanding of it and we accept his gift that he did on the cross. We accept it, but then we never understand or walk in its fullness. It's like we just take a little small piece of it and we think that this is good enough and I'll just have to take care of the rest on my own. You see, we never put off the old self entirely. And so when we do that, look at what happens. And can I just say I'm speaking from experience here? Is that okay if I can say that? I'm just going to speak from experience because I know when I try to operate in my old self, when Scott's got it, here's the kind of things that happens. He says here, take off your former, uh, the former manner of life and is, it's, it's corrupt through deceitful desires. Can I tell you that I know what corruption and I know what the deceitful desires are all about? Because we're real in this place. Can I just see a show of hands? Is anybody, is anybody with me? Raise it high. Don't be, yeah. We all across the room. And so we're in this together. I know what it's like. But you see, even when I try to do this good Christian life, I even try to lie to myself and masquerade some things that are in my life. And because of the deceitful desires, I lie to myself and I trick myself into thinking, oh, well, they're, they're not that bad. They're actually good things. And so what is crushing? And I mean killing our Christian community the reason the world looks like it does today is because those of us who have accepted the power of the cross, we have never walked in the fullness that is the new life that comes through Jesus Christ. And so what I've been guilty of, and maybe some of you may be guilty of, is that we flood our soul with so many great things. Because of the deceitfulness of our desires, we trick ourselves into believing, well, they're pretty good. They must be coming from God.
I don't, I don't want to go and name all of these great things. I don't want to go and name all the things that like God is flooding my mind with right now. But there's a little thing that's going to pop up on the screen and I'd love for you just to just put it in an image in your mind because what it is is we are settling for the great things in this life. And settling for those great things, guys, we're missing out on so many of the God things that he has in store for you. I'm wrestling. I'm wrestling this morning. And so I'm going to go ahead and do it. There's some things in your life that you think God has blessed you with and he never blessed you with them. He never did. Listen, you, you did something and you went out and got them. I don't know what those things are, but you think God has blessed them and that's why they're in your life and they're filling your life. And it is a great thing according to this world, but in the kingdom, it's not a great thing. It's causing you to miss out on the God thing. And I don't know why this one's the one that came up earlier in the first service, but listen, for our children, parents, I just need your parents to listen. There are some things that you are bringing into your children's lives that you think are great. But it is causing your children and you to miss out on the God things that he has in store for you. It's like, it's this, and I hear it, it's the sports. I don't know why that I went there this morning in the first service, but I'm going to do what I did in the first service. It's it's sports and it's all these activities that we're flooding our children into. Well, Scott, your son plays travel baseball. He does. What do you do with that? Listen, he, he does not play on Sunday mornings. He has two services and he can choose which one to go to, you know, but he does not go play baseball on Sunday morning and skip church. And so I'm not going to make eye contact with anybody because I know that this is a sensitive subject. You're talking about my children and you're talking about their joy. That brings them joy. And I know it does. They love it. But listen, we cannot continue to allow them to experience great because what they're doing is in experiencing great. They're missing out on the God things that he has in store, has in store for them. And parents, it's our responsibility. I know, I know, I know. Listen, I, But can I just be very honest with you? And I pray, I hope to God that your children have a Holy Spirit filled coach and so that your coach can can speak to them when when everything goes sometimes south. You know where most time parents take their children? When when their children become teenagers and they start doing things that, that, that their parents aren't pleased with, you know where they usually turn? They usually turn back to the church. And this is not a speech about bring your kids to church. But no, this is about, hey, let's set such an example for our children. And here's what I just believe. Call me crazy. I believe that if we get our teenagers and our students and our, even our young people, the young ones that are over there, when we truly usher them into the presence of God, they won't want to be anywhere else. See, we're, we're settling for great things. Oh, Lord, there's, there's so many single people today that are just settling for great things. 
Instead of holding true to like what God has said about the sovereignty of marriage. Like he's, I'm seriously, man, I am, I'm trying not to look at anyone when I say this because I don't even know if you're married or not. But like, just quit settling for the great. And I don't care what the deceitfulness of your mind is saying to you. I don't care. It is deceit. It is not the truth. And it's time for us to operate in the truth. So I, I don't know what else to go, and I'm not going to speak, but you know what the great things are that you're settling for, and it has saturated your soul to the place where God has no freedom to move inside of you because you're settling for the great. But it's causing you to miss out on the God. See, that's what Paul says, Christ followers. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through the deceitfulness, through deceitful desires. So Christ followers, in this room today, what God has made a way for this morning is for us to literally put off our old self. Like he is setting the table for many of us in this room for the first time to quit trying to live the Christian life on our own. You see, that's one of the greatest truths that the church has never told you. I'm guilty of only telling you half-truths, which half-truths are lies. There is so much more to this Christian life than just knowing that you are forgiven of your sins. Listen, God never intended us to live the rest of our saved life on our own. He never just said, hey, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, clean yourself off, quit doing the things that you used to do, and now start doing this way. He never told us that. You see, he used this man by the name of Paul to tell us what we were to do. He said, put off your old self, and he didn't just leave us there. He goes on in verse 23, if you're following along in Ephesians 4, and he says this, be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. So I'm here to tell you today that the new self, the new self is what many of us Christ followers have been lacking We've accepted the cross. We have accepted Jesus. And then we have suffered through this life. And we wonder why we teeter back and forth. So good, bad, and hot and cold, and up and down, and left and right. And we wonder why. It's because we've been trying to get this thing figured out through our old life. And it just doesn't work. Paul said this, he said, you guys have to put on your, your new self. You have to put on your, your new self. And I just need to say this about your new self. Your new self has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. But it has everything to do with the Holy Spirit of God. What do you mean by that, Scott? What I mean when I say the Holy Spirit of God, I mean that the Holy Spirit of God is his presence 
And it's his power that is at work in this very room today. It is his voice that many of you are hearing. The way that many of you are actually feeling right now with this excitement, that is the Holy Spirit communicating with your spirit. And the new life that Paul talks about putting on has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the Holy Spirit. You see, here's how we stop going hot and cold. Here's how we stop going up and down and left and right. You see, this new self that he tells us to put on, he says that this new self, it's created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I'm not going to go off on a long tangent. Actually, it's no tangent at all, but it is literally the solution to our current state. I know what happened in Orlando. Um, I know what continues to happen all through the news. Listen, is going to continue to happen unless, unless the Christ followers start acting and becoming like the one who made us. It is the solution to all of our problems. I cannot get low enough on this stage to get you eye level, but I want to tell you something. And it starts in your very own life. We can't go to the the largest step at the White House and try to change this thing. This thing changes because it changed in your life and then it changes in someone else's life and then it changes in someone else's life. It starts in your house and then it goes everywhere else. Hey, Christ followers, it is time for us to act like the one who made us because the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead has been given to us. The Holy Spirit who guides this new life is the one that is available to every single one of us. You see, we've never taken a hold of the new life. We have relished in the fact that we are forgiven, but we have never taken a hold of the new life. You see, everybody talks and wants to talk about how the church is dying And how old-fashioned and out of touch of reality the church is. You know why? It's because it's being driven by a lot of old self. Because you have no idea what is going to happen to a community when hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people start operating in their new self. You have no idea. You see, because we've never seen it. You see, we read about Acts, but can I tell you what Jesus said because I take everything that he said in there to heart. He said that we're going to do greater things than that. But see, most of us don't believe that. How in the world can the power of God, how how can the power of God not change our homes? How how can the power of God not change your current situation? Listen to this. 
Turn, turn, turn over just a couple of pages backwards to Galatians. Just a couple of pages. Listen, listen to this. I'll just go starting in verse 17. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Listen, that's what's raging in your life right now, many of you. You know, the battle that's raging isn't because you and your spouse had a fight last night. The battle is raging because there is a spirit against the Holy Spirit. And it is a battle. And that's why you seem hot and cold, on and off, up and down. That's why. So let's just call it what it is. Paul says here, he says this, the desires of your flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other. Listen to this, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Because I know, husbands, there's some of you in here and you want to love your wife, don't you? Like you want to submit to her and you want to love her and you want to cherish her and you want to treat her. But I know that there is just a battle raging. I know that. And he wants you to leave him and he wants you to divorce him because the divorce has a lot of after effects. That's what he wants. You see, it's, it's not just happening to you, but that person at your workplace that you just find attractive, that you feel like you can talk to easily, you see, that is not from God. You see, that is from this other spirit that is of this world and of the enemy. And he wants you to take your eyes off of the one that he gave you. And then I could just, I could, I could, I could just list so many other things. And I, I can just say this, listen to like the teenagers that are in this room. Listen. He, like, is wanting you to choose to gratify yourself. Like, he wants you to gratify yourself. The world is saying, gratify yourself. Because the enemy knows what the Holy Spirit is saying. And he is telling you to long for purity. Long for this relationship with Jesus. Long for it. And so listen, once we understand that there are two opposing forces, we can recognize them. And our prayer for you and my prayer for the husbands who are just ready to leave their spouse is that you will recognize that there are two opposing forces. I just want to say that this is the importance of putting down your old self because your old self is being driven by your deceitful desires. I don't think in your old self you can choose what God desires for you. So Christian, my, 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 I'm begging you to understand and to long for what this new self is for you. He goes on to say this. 
And I'm not going to read all of these. I trust that you go home and read this stuff. But it's coming from Galatians chapter 5. And it says that if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Hey, I don't even need you to put those on the screen. You know what the works of your old self are, don't you? (sighs) I do. But Paul goes on to say, and he lays out there for us what the works are. Of the new life are. Like the byproduct. He says this. And it says it in the 22nd verse. He says. But the fruit of the spirit. Is love. And joy. And peace. And God please help me. I need more patience. I want to be kinder. I want goodness. And faithfulness. And gentleness. And self control. You see. That is, that is the new self. And some of us just lack it. As Christians, we've never taken a hold of the new self. 